The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is DJ Moore. You're listening to Roster Watch. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to the rosterwatch.com trade cast. My name is Byron Lambert, and I thank you for joining me for this week nine edition. So let's just jump right into this week's fantasy football trade market. As usual, we'll begin on the sell side of the market. It's kind of the order of operations around here. Uh, I think that part of the theme of today's episode is, is going to be cleaning up the trash, cleaning up the garbage from your roster, and tidying that roster up and um, you know, a little bit of alchemy in, 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 in a way. The fantasy football trade market is a, a little bit of a form of alchemy over the cor- course of the season. This is where we could take players that we've manufactured kind of off the waiver wire who, you know, their value has risen, and all of a sudden we can turn them into fantasy gold, into premium players. Uh, that is what we want to do here with uh, some of maybe the, you know, the some of the lesser quality names on our roster this week. Uh, there's not a ton of uh, cachet uh, to some of these names on the sell side of the market this week, but that said, I still think uh, there's plenty uh, that can be done here. Well, we'll begin with Michael Carter, the running back of the New York Jets. 23 targets over the last two weeks on a 70% snap count on 43 total touches over the last two weeks for Michael Carter. I mean, kudos. If you've stashed him all season, he's finally emerged. He looks fantastic. He looks very, very solid rest of season, especially in any type of PPR format. I just think Michael Carter, he's going to see a lot of targets and garbage time the rest of the year. So again, this is not a must-sell addition of the rosterwatch.com trade cast. These are guys that we want to look to maybe be opportunistic, capitalize on their recent performances and see if we can improve our roster 
through that type of action on the fantasy football trade market. So again, we're going to want to be prudent if we do move Michael Carter at this point. It's got to be in a deal for somebody really, really good. Uh, All of this said, the Jets are still a pain in the neck. Ultimately, Michael Carter, we need to think of him as like a young Gio Bernard type, which is a plenty good player, especially in his youth. But it still is less than the full complement of elite running back traits or position-specific attributes that you would typically uh, you know, look for. Michael Carter has Indianapolis and Buffalo the next two weeks. It's pretty tough matchups you know, in front of him. So I think we need to keep that in mind. Again, Michael Carter, an excellent keep at this point, but we are talking about a shrimpy rookie running back on a bad team. Why not at least see if you can use Michael Carter in a consolidation deal to acquire an elite player coming off a 28-point monster and half-point PPR scoring this last week, by far his best game of the season, of course, with backup quarterback Mike White at the helm. Michael Carter, a terrific fantasy asset this week to try to consolidate, to try to parlay into one of the more elite names in fantasy football as we start to turn the corner down the stretch, down that second half stretch here of our fantasy football season. Again, if you have Michael Carter and are unable to consummate a deal, I mean, you feel very blessed at this moment. And once again, he's not a must-sell, only a sell very, very high for a really big name in return. Eagles running back Boston Scott, two touchdowns this last week. Again, guys, we're talking about cleaning up the garbage at the bottom of our roster right now. Kind of tightening this up a little bit. Let's tidy up. Let's not be... We don't want to be trash men collecting garbage. We want to be the custodial types cleaning up the garbage on our rosters because uh, we want to live in a pristine fantasy football situation. Of course, the Eagles ran the ball 46 times finally this last week at Detroit with Miles Sanders out. Uh, No surprise there. Uh, Miles Sanders' owner, like totally crestfallen, is what they've been waiting for all season. Of course, Jordan Howard also got on the end zone for two touchdowns this last week. It looks like everybody was basically eating. That's everybody except for Kenneth Gainwell, uh, who... Many were expecting the big breakout uh, this last week. It's unclear yet when Miles Sanders will return. We've got two good matchups on the immediate horizon for the Eagles and the running backs, including Boston Scott against the Chargers and the Broncos the next two weeks. But we just need to remember that ultimately this running back room in Philadelphia, it's a shell game. It's a shell game, and that's a game we don't want to play down the stretch in our fantasy football league, so I'd look to pawn Boston Scott off on a desperate team that needs to win now, who needs players that can help fill out a starting lineup right now while I could. Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos, player many were hoping would be traded this last week before the deadline. It stood to reason that that may happen. A lot of Javante Williams owners out there hoping that was going to happen so that he could see his Uh, late season uh, fantasy stock skyrocket Uh, but nothing doing for Melvin Gordon at the trade deadline and it would have guys it would have only been a five-pointer last week in fantasy for Melvin Gordon if it hadn't been for the two totally unpredictable touchdowns that he scored 
I roster Melvin Gordon. I mean, he he's a guy that you you just have to begrudgingly start him every week in your flex if you want to reap the rewards. And if you do that, you get along okay, you know, okay. It's been been an okay ride. It's just a situation that is less than desirable and he he, he doesn't feel like a must start. So you're always playing this game of roulette, when do I bench him? When do I you know, just keep plugging away with him. Melvin Gordon, he's only getting about 12 touches per game in recent weeks. He's been like a 13 or 14 touch per game guy on the season. There's a little bit of a sentiment out there right now that uh, this is also going to be a scenario where Melvin Gordon fades down the stretch and Javante Williams has a Cam Akers type dominance and breakout down the stretch this year. I'm just not seeing that. I understand that the desire for that to happen amongst the fantasy community I just don't see any real evidence that that is in the queue in Denver I mean the fact is Gordon and Javante they get a relatively even share of snaps and touches and targets and that's just simply been the case uh, and it tells me they if they wanted to do go that route they could have traded Melvin Gordon they didn't they kept him because he's playing well he's playing well in this role I think they like what they have there. I'm not on the side of things that his role is about to evaporate here. Now, that said, he did have a costly fumble at the end of the game, but almost costly at the end of the game this last week. So who knows if that gets him in the doghouse a little bit. Still, Melvin Gordon, I think he's, he's you know, people aren't super high on him, but the fantasy box scores have been good. Uh, the name recognition is good. You won't get a King's Ransom for him, but I certainly think that he has some marketability and some tradeability this week especially, again, if you've identified kind of some of these desperate win-now teams in your league, they could be great targets. It's another, I think we got four or five teams on bye this week. It's another week where players out there that can't afford to lose, they may be in a situation where they, like, they, they, they are having difficulty even filling out a competitive roster this week, and it's either do or die. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. I would try to force Melvin Gordon on him if I can. Daryl Williams in Kansas City, 19 touches, 6 targets, 64% snap count. Actually a really solid fantasy profile in Week 8 after what I believe was kind of a lackluster Week 7. We did see the uh, out of nowhere the really unknown Derek Gore come in for the Chiefs on Monday night and look pretty damn good presumably going to earn himself a little bit more time with that performance. He really looked like a nice player there in Kansas City. Obviously, we know at some point Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will likely return, only to make this more of a cannibalistic situation. Uh, But look, Daryl Williams has solid value for the next three weeks uh, prior to the Week 12 bye. It's decent matchups. He's getting a good profile. The fantasy production's been there. Coming off the good week, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire still nowhere close to return. You know, some people probably ding him a little bit for what they saw to Derek Gore. Still, Daryl Williams, a prime candidate to try to capitalize on his value at this moment in your league and and uh, begin uh, you know, preparing your team for the long haul. Chuba Hubbard, the backup running back of the Carolina Panthers. You guys, I mean, you need to see if the Christian McCaffrey managers become desperate at this point. And if so, try to consummate a deal. Try to pawn Chuba Hubbard 
off on that manager at this point. 3.6 yards per carry for Chuba. He's a pure volume play at this point. Either that or you're just simply praying for a touchdown. Otherwise, it's been relatively unimpressive. Coming off of 25 touches last week, a bit of an outlier considering he was only 16 and 17 touches the two weeks before that. I do not think you can rely on that. Again, if you can move Chuba Hubbard while he still has some relevance, as that, that relevance, that value is going to diminish with every week that passes. Find a team that needs to win now. And hope potentially a Christian McCaffrey and your owner in your league who's really been suffering, and see if you could get something done. See if you. I think that's your most likely target. Of course, we like to flip things on our heads at Roster Watch sometimes. So for a winning team with uh, this scenario, then we might approach a losing Christian McCaffrey owner and still uh, try to acquire him if we're a Hubbard owner. Uh, one way or the other, those two guys need to start kind of getting paired up in your league, and I just think it's going to depend on the direction in which the trade value flows. Over on the sell side of the Week 9 fantasy football trade market, the wide receiver portion of that uh, side of the market, we'll begin with Brandon Cooks. Been a surprisingly decent season with a horrible quarterback situation in Houston. Brandon Cooks coming off a 17-point performance in half-point PPR formats in Week 8. Has a great matchup this week. So there's some marketability there for Cooks right here at at this moment. Uh, I would not play a game of chicken with Brandon Cooks' fantasy value, though, in this situation. I would ship him off right now for a better asset in return before the Week 10 buy hits. Again, target a desperate and losing team that has to win now. Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati. The third wheel in that offense at this point. Heck, sometimes even the fourth wheel with the emergence of tight end C.J. Uzoma. I would do everything in my power to consolidate Tyler Boyd and move on from him coming off the 17-point Week 8 performance. You can bring a better player back home. Wide receiver Michael Pittman, Indianapolis Colts. Love his outlook right now. I still believe his marketability is surging at this moment. And Pittman can definitely be used to pursue a truly elite fantasy player. Again, not a must-sell, a really good asset. A lot of you guys roster him. He's been good recently and is plenty good to keep. But if we're looking to kind of level up here, we want to uh, begin kind of uh, bringing home the elite players to our roster as we are turning the, the corner here down the second half stretch of the fantasy season. It's 15 targets and two touchdowns last week for Michael Pittman. I mean, an absolute boon. But it was his most targets by a mile since week three. Otherwise, Michael Pittman has basically been a six-target-per-game guy the last six weeks. Uh, The big week seven fantasy production was on only four targets and, of course, included another touchdown. Michael Pittman, he scored four touchdowns in the last four weeks. And that's really what's been supporting his fantasy value if you kind of peel back the layers of his onion. Still, again, Michael Pittman looks really good, so we're not going to do anything negligent here. We need to be diligent, not negligent. But diligence with Michael Pittman would include finding out if you can move him for a really big name in your league. If so, 
I would absolutely pursue it. Last but not least, on the wide receiver portion of the sell side of the Week 9 fantasy football trade market, Robert Woods of the Los Angeles Rams, a guy we've spoken about quite a bit this season, a guy that's actually... It's been ugly, but a guy that's actually provided return, you know, not on his draft value, but the production overall has has, has been there. It's been better than it looked like it was going to be at the beginning of the season, and especially the last month, it's been pretty damn decent. He's kind of returned to a wide receiver two status for fantasy purposes. So look, the window stays open with Robert Woods this week, but I'd consider yourself lucky. It took another two-touchdown game in Week 8 to support his fantasy box score, including one of those being a rushing touchdown. Four touchdowns over the last five weeks for Robert Woods. He did get the nine targets last week, but that was basically the second-most targets he's had in any game on the entire season. Again, he had three rushing attempts last week. We know they like to get him involved that way sometimes. It's certainly not what you want to rely on from your fantasy wide receivers. You know, again, to be fair, Robert Woods, for fantasy purposes, he's been coming into form and beginning to deliver at least in a respectable fashion. And we know Deshaun Jackson is gone now. Looks like Tutu Atwell, who wasn't playing a lot anyways, is pretty much out of the picture. So, you know, look, let's not uh, let's not sell this too short on Robert Woods. He's actually in a really solid spot moving forward. I love him this week with a monster matchup against Tennessee, who has given up the most points on the season to fantasy wide receivers. This is the same matchup that Michael Pittman had and did all his damage in last week. You know, However, we should remember that Van Jefferson, the youngster, is really emerging at the wide receiver position in Los Angeles as well, kind of at the same time that Robert Woods has left a little something on the table this year. Van Jefferson receiving almost an identical snap count at this point to Cup and Woods. It, it takes you back to the days of Woods and Cooks and Cup. It was actually, they're all three essentially starters playing massive snap count, but it was always Woods and actually Cooks, to, typically who had the, by a percentage point or two or a few, had the highest snap counts. And then Cup was kind of, even though he was very much always a starter, he was always a few, usually a few snap count percentage points behind those guys, which. You know, with the as Brandon Cooks has uh, departed the last few years, and we've seen Cooper Cup slide into a healthy uh, and, and slide back into being healthy, and with the addition of Matt Stafford, we've seen Cup basically hit, move into that top uh, spot along with Robert Woods in terms of snap counts, and we've seen Van Jefferson basically move into the old Cooper Cup role, which, as we know, is got plenty of potential in this offense, especially this uh, version of this offense. And look, there's just simply no argument at this point that Robert Woods is way behind Cooper Cup in the pecking order. Even though the snaps are similar, it's just it's Cooper Cup and then it's everybody else. It's Cooper Cup and really Daryl Henderson at this point and then everybody else on that offense. Uh, surprisingly, once again, we, we do want to mention that Robert Woods has scored double-digit fantasy points, half-point PPR scoring, in seven out of eight games this season, it just doesn't feel like that because he's wide receiver 24 on the season in terms of points per game in that format, uh, which is not what people were expecting. But after the slow start, it, it, what that indicates is he's actually been a pretty solid wide receiver too because he was down in 
flex or wide receiver three territory there for a while at the outset of the season. So he's definitely moving in the right direction. Likely a pretty decent wide receiver to rest the season for Robert Woods, but why not use him as trade bait to nab a wide receiver one before his week 11 bye? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, folks, let's turn the page on this week's edition of the rosterwatch.com tradecast, the week nine edition of the rosterwatch.com tradecast. We will turn the page to the buy side of this week's fantasy football trade market, and we will continue on here with the running back portion uh, of the buy side this week. And we'll begin with Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook. Look, folks, you're not going to buy low on either one of these guys. But both of them coming off of week seven buys and then basically delivered a stinker on week eight. It's been a couple of, you know, kind of useless weeks from those guys. And we got to remember Dalvin was injured and kind of ineffective even before that. So perhaps Dalvin and Zeke are available in your league. We, we mention it all the time. Some of these guys aren't going to be buy lows. They're simply potential buys even when some of these elite guys even become available for a deal that's the headline news moving on here to nick chubb here it is here it is folks i had some cognitive dissonance last week i was so concerned that we should have talked about him in week seven i made sure to bring him up week eight well i was worried we were a week late on nick chubb last week but as most of you know that have been regular listeners for some time uh Frequently, we're weak early on this podcast on some of these player values because we're so deep down into the projections based on the trends, and uh, we're just a little bit out, out in front sometimes. So it's good because it gives you all a couple of weeks usually to react to the information from each episode. But I'd say the window is still open on Nick Chubb after a seven-point performance upon his return from what was basically a lost month of fantasy uh, people still aren't sure he's 100%. Everybody with these damn calf injuries this year, I know you all have heard anecdotally, I've told the story, I had a similar injury this spring. It's a, it's a nasty injury. A lot of guys have gotten them, have cropped up in a bad way this year. Hell, you also saw Michael Gallup walk off the field in week one, and he's still not ready to return. Uh, as on a little bit of an aside, I think that's definitely a cautionary tale for Kareem Hunt, who looked way more hurt than Gallup did. So I think the window is still really big here in terms of the fantasy outlook for Nick Chubb rest of season. He's clearly was the lead guy this last week. It was only 56% snap count, not exactly what you wanted to see. But, I mean, Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton only got seven touches total. 
Nick Chubb regained the lead with 17 touches. I think they're probably reintegrating him a little bit slowly here coming off the injury. They like a little bit of a committee there, but I'd say there's some big days in store for Nick Chubb. And if that uh, purchasing opportunity still exists in your league, you should go after it hard. Saquon Barkley, he's now tested positive for COVID. He was supposedly getting close to return from that pretty nasty ankle injury. I know Dr. David Chow saying it looked worse than it really was. I mean, that thing was swollen like a damn softball, man, like a balloon. Uh, nonetheless, he's still wasn't 100% as of last week. He didn't play. Now he has COVID, and then it's a bye week next week. This thing's unraveled for Saquon Barkley, and it's put his owners in a horrible bind, in a horrible bind, and has likely cost them a lot this season. I mean, there's a good chance that Saquon Barkley is in the bottom of the stands in your league, and for that's exactly who we should be targeting if we're a winning team. The good teams should be targeting these losing teams that have players like Saquon Barkley that have basically been paralyzed by his injury, unable to react to it, or really know what to do with it. We are much smarter fantasy players uh, right here on the rosterwatch.com trade cast. I know that it's a very sharp group uh, that tunes into this one. So look, Saquon Barkley, if you're a winning team, he's a great target to scoop up and stash for a late season nuclear run. Christian McCaffrey mentioned him earlier. We talk about these guys every week, these injured uh, elite guys. I mean, again, so much of this is about just being opportunistic. So maybe in a little bit of a thin a week on the trade market, we still want to look. Let's look for the injured guys. Let's look for the guys that are heading into buy. Let's let's look for the players that there's kind of an artificial purchasing moment that's been created here, especially those players who are likely to be owned by struggling teams. Christian McCaffrey certainly could be one of those. He's one of those players that if you drafted him, you just you don't want to give him up, and you almost just take loss after loss after loss until it's too late before. Uh, you come to your senses that it's really hard to hold on to injured players all season unless you you're in the driver's seat. Uh, so I winning teams keep a pulse on Christian McCaffrey, keep chipping away here, see what the situation is. If he's available, of course, much like Saquon Barkley, you'd love to bring him home as a nuclear option down the stretch. DeAndre Swift, running back, Detroit Lions, only five points last week in half point. PPR formats, and it's it's a buy this week for DeAndre Swift. Uh, look, there's not many players we like more the rest of the season. If there's an opportunity to make a pitch for DeAndre Swift this week, uh, we're getting buttoned up and we're doing it. Leonard Fournette. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to a buy this week. Fournette is a player we've spoken about at length. Over the course of this season, the trade cast this season, he's been a very, very interesting fantasy asset. And at this point, he's a very good fantasy asset. Ronald Jones was not traded before the deadline. We would have loved to have seen that for Fournette. Still, you know, I don't have anything but positive feelings about Fournette at this point, and that's why he's on the buy side of the fantasy football market, trade market this week, uh, because if there is any form of artificial discount to be had with the fact that he's on a bye, and I believe coming off of a little bit of a tougher week, uh, maybe it was it against New Orleans the week before, there there could be an opportunity here, and Leonard Fournette would be certainly would be a great RB2 or flex player to roster down the stretch. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's turn the page here to the wide receiver section of the Week 8 Fantasy Football Trade Market, the buy portion of that market. And we said last week that it's rare you get an opportunity to move in on a guy like this. As we figured it was probably his only, your only opportunity to even contemplate this type of move last week. But it looks like we may have another opportunity to take a crack at wide receiver Devontae Adams in our fantasy football leagues this week. Again, you'll never buy low on Adams, but the idea that he could even be on the market is breaking news. And look, the breaking news today was that Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID. So this is starting to feel like two unexpectedly lost weeks for Devontae Adams managers. They lost him last week to COVID. Now they got to have some prospect of him playing with the backup quarterback that you know you're not going to get the same return on him. It's 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 kind of it's putting putting folks in a tough spot. So I would look and see what's going on with Devontae Adams and his manager in your league and see what's possible. Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, New York Giants, the rookie. Actually a senior bowler that we saw this last year. Uh, boy, he's really started to show out. Uh, it didn't show up, though, in the fantasy bottom line in Week 8. It was only five points for Kadarius Toney. Not a great matchup on paper this week either against Las Vegas. It's They haven't allowed that many fantasy points to wide receivers for, for those who pay close attention to that in your league, as a lot of people do. It's kind of one of the low-impact data points that's available to you know, to to the mat to to the masses on all the platforms. So you know, a lot of people kind of uh, really pay attention to that. And if that is affecting the way they view Kadarius Tony and their leagues this week, I could be interested in Tony and acquiring Tony for the right price. I think he looks really, really good. And with Shepard. Galladay and Barkley seemingly perpetually injured this season. I do think Kadarius Tony is is an interesting guy the rest of the way if you can get the right price. Wide receiver DJ Moore spoke about him last week. Window's still open. Look, it's been a down month for DJ Moore and really everyone else in Carolina for that fact. That offense is bombed. It's tanked in the last month and everybody's kind of paying the price for it. Still, I think I'd take my chances on DJ Moore as a really nice flex play. Rest of season, the targets are there, the talent's there, if you can scoop him on the cheap. This is probably one of my favorites on the Week 9 fantasy football trade market. One of my favorite wide receivers to pursue in a trade. Vikings wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. Only wide receiver 18 on the season half-point PPR formats in terms of points per game. He's coming off of a three-pointer, folks, in Week 8. A miserable three-point fantasy outing in Week 8. I'd see if there's a deal to be had in your league for Justin Jefferson, for one of the league's truly premier young talents. I'd be willing to bet he's got some huge performances in store rest of the season, and the Vikings have their bye in the rearview mirror. Speaking of players on buy, wide receivers encountering a buy, again, we use injuries, we use buys as a means, a method for uh, identifying artificial or manufactured purchasing moments on elite players that may otherwise not even be available. 
And if that's the case, I'm always interested in DK Metcalf in Seattle, who's heading into the bye week. I will always be interested in Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team headed into his bye week. And then, of course, we mentioned Leonard Fournette on the Bucks uh, being a potential target on the trade market uh, due to uh, the bye week. Well, the same goes for all the Bucks wide receivers. You know, if I can get Mike Evans, if I can get Godwin, hell, if I can get Antonio Brown, who's really kind of been injured, you know, in and out of the lineup this year, COVID, banged up, out of sight, out of mind, a bye. If all of that's taking the sheen off of any of these Bucks wide receivers, uh, you know, it's always a little bit of a tricky game when all three of them are healthy. They're not, all of them don't pay off every single week. It felt like Chris Godwin was the one really paying the price for that earlier in the season. That said, these are all three tremendous talents. Tom Brady loves all three of them. There's so much production going to go around. I'd be more than happy to move in on any Bucks wide receiver that becomes available during the bye week, especially and potentially Godwin and Antonio Brown, who I think maybe had for cheap. Then it's become a little bit of a theme to discuss tight ends uh, on this podcast this year. Not something we've always historically done, but there's been some ripe opportunities. And I mean, this is the ripest of the ripe when it comes to fantasy tight ends. Travis Kelsey. We said last week that the Kansas City players didn't feel untouchable in fantasy. But I hesitated to include Travis Kelsey. I mainly was referencing Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill last week. Uh, but I had this in mind. That's why we kind of floated that out there. And look, after his worst game of the season, and the Chiefs in apparently a sort of a funk right now, I think you can realistically put offers in for Travis Kelsey this week. Uh, week 8 was his worst performance of the season. All right, folks, can you use Brandon Cooks or Michael Pittman in combination with Michael Carter or Melvin Gordon to go after one of these big names on the buy side of the fantasy football market that we just discussed? Can you use Boston Scott or Daryl Williams plus Robert Woods to go after Leonard Fournette or Terry McLaurin on a buy? Or can you take your current tight end and throw in a Michael Pittman or a Michael Carter and bring home Travis Kelsey? Thank you so much for joining me today, Roster Watch Nation. Happy trading this week, and until next time, so long. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.